Today's episode is brought to you by King Realty and Management Incorporated, a full-service residential real estate brokerage with a multi-generational approach. Are you looking to invest in real estate here in Texas? Or better yet, are you looking to sell your home? Be sure to contact King Realty and Management. Visit kingrealtytx.com slash podcast. versus machine how i got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same thing let's jump right into today's conversation hey guys it's courtney again here with another episode of millennial versus machine Um, if you haven't done so already i would totally appreciate it be sure to subscribe and share and rate and review this podcast before we start this episode Let's talk um, reviews. I want to share another Amazon review of my book, and then we're going to dive into the dangers and pitfalls of over-leveraging. So um, Casey actually wrote this review of the book. She said, I received this book as a gift, and I'm so thankful I did. This is a quick read for any and everyone struggling with debt. After reading Millennial vs. Machine, I feel inspired, encouraged, and motivated to tackle my debt and even begin investing. The author seems very down-to-earth and transparent about her story. Her advice and tips are solid and well-rounded for whichever audience so happens to be the reader. She understands that folks are at different stages of their financial lives slash businesses, so she's able to clearly navigate the reader and offer helpful links and resources. This was a great read and I would highly recommend it for you too. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time to write this review. I totally appreciate it. And guys, I really just wanna continue to get the word out there on um, how you can use real estate in order to pay off your student loans or any other debt. So in last week's, week's episode, we or last two episodes, excuse me, we talked about different ways to finance the purchase of your investment property. Um, two episodes ago, we talked about the more traditional standard mortgage um, as a way to finance the purchase. Um, and then last week's episode, we talked a little bit about um, creative ways, specifically in the current time that we're in right now where the coronavirus has kind of shut everything down and has banks scared and has investors scared and potentially, you know, we may see some, you know, continued economic, um, impact, um, as a result of this, it's just still too early to tell. But specifically in last week's episode, I talked about the benefits of owner finance. So today I want to talk about over leveraging and this is particularly important because my family firsthand um, was over leveraged at, at one point, which was right before the 2008 market crash. And so let's first talk about what over leveraging is or what is leverage. Um, and then I'm going to talk about what happened in 2008 and then the takeaways that we can grab from that so that you guys, as you're starting out, um, can protect yourself 
and minimize any risk of, of being over leveraged. Okay. So I've got an article it's linked in the show notes because, um, I realize that I deal with real estate, um, investments, property management, and all of these things on a daily basis. And I mean, I was raised in this business, to be honest with you, by my dad, uh, who was on the second or third episode of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back to it because you kind of get a little bit more information about um, how he's kind of really taught me and and um, instructed me on how to navigate this whole real estate investing world. And so I realized that because I'm in it day to day, been in it for 10 years formally, um, sometimes I take advantage of, or, or I, yeah, what am I trying to say? Sometimes I will throw out words and descriptions and explanations of things that are a little bit higher level, you know, somebody that's in the game, that's in the business. So I wanted to grab from a few different articles, like I said, that are tagged in the show notes, um, to talk about leverage so that I can really bring it down to something that's easily understood, um, and just not complicated. So, um, in this particular article, it's called the risks to avoid when using leverage in real estate. What is leverage in real estate? Leverage is using debt to increase the potential return on investment. The most straightforward example for real estate is a mortgage where you're using your own money to leverage the purchase. In most cases, a 20% down payment and a good credit history gets you hundred percent of the property and a house you want. A 20% down payment means you're using 80% leverage and some mortgage programs may even let you put down less. Okay. So you're basically saying, you know, when you're leveraging yourself, uh, through a, a real estate mortgage is you're saying, look, I'm going to put a little bit of money down. Um, and that's, that's kind of my leverage and my credit. It also helps me leverage it. And somebody's going to give me 80% um, of the, of the cost in, in terms of a mortgage payment. Okay. So, or a note. Um, and so that is leverage. You're using a little bit of money to get in on this investment. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, we've already talked about how if you, let's say you buy a multifamily property, like a full duplex, for example, and you only want to put three and a half percent down because you want to do an FHA mortgage. That's fine. But that means that you won't have as much equity in the property, which means that if something happens in the real estate market with the economy, you don't have as much wiggle room, um, just to kind of safeguard you from any of these things. Now, let me kind of take a step back. And now granted, I graduated college in 2007 and honestly, I wasn't that involved with like my family's, um, real estate investing. Um, my family was flipping houses at the time and had a portfolio of rental property. But guys, if you recall, you may or may not, um, at that time, 2008, before 2008, they were doing a hundred percent financing. So that means people were 100% leveraged, meaning they really didn't have any of their own personal money into the property, but they had a mortgage to finance the entire property. And so what that meant was, and this wasn't necessarily the case with my family, um, with all of their properties, but what that meant was when 
you know, the economy tanked, you know, in 2008 and all of these different facets of our economy also tanked, um, home values went down significantly. So that put a lot of homeowners in a position where they had a mortgage, let's say for 200,000, but because the economy went down, the real estate values went down, um, the house itself wasn't worth 200. It was actually worth 150. So now you're upside down. It's, it's no different than like a car payment, right? Um, although cars depreciate homes appreciate, but what happens is, you know, if you finance a car and the value goes down, uh, quicker than what you're making your payments for, then you're going to be upside down. Okay. So that is an example, um, of, of why you have to be very careful when it comes to leveraging, um, you know, your real estate investments. Okay. And that's why, especially in the investment world, people, you know, investors should, in most cases, they will put at least 20% down. Okay. So, um, just to allow that, that flexibility, that room, um, if anything happens. So let me give you an example of using leverage. Um, let me see. It says, let's say you've been looking for a house in a great neighborhood. You have $50,000 to put down on a house. You find a house for 250,000. Okay. You can move ahead with a $250,000 house. The bank will give you a $200,000 mortgage if you put the $50,000 down or which is 20%, right? So assuming that real estate in the area goes up about 5% a year, in 12 months, the investment, that property is now worth about $262,500. So you increase in the amount of equity, okay? So... Um, that's a positive and ideally when you buy a house, that's what you want to achieve, right? But if the real estate prices fell by 5% that first year, then you would have lost $12,500. Okay. And that means, um, you would have less equity in the property. Um, so I hope that kind of just simplifies leverage, um, for you. Let's talk about things to avoid when it comes to um, leveraging, okay? I, I'm a member of a website called Bigger Pockets. It's almost like a Facebook community for uh, real estate investors, okay? It's actually really cool. Um, oftentimes I participate in a lot of the forums to just add my, my two cents, my professional expertise um, to help other investors out um, in with their rental properties or, you know, properties that they're flipping. Okay. And a, in a lot of those forums and a lot of investors that reach out to me, they're always focused, not always, a lot of times they're focused on appreciation, which basically is the value of the house going up every year. Now I know, well, if you're like me, you're like, wait a minute, that's a variable that is controlled by so many different factors. How do you bank on that? Guys, it blows my mind because I asked the same thing. Um, prime example, you know, if you had somebody, let's say I had a client last year, let's say um, middle of 2019 and they bought a house, okay? 
Um, and you know, middle of 2019, the market's hot, everything's moving and shaking. And then now we're April of 2020 and coronavirus happens. And, and I mentioned this in the last few episodes, we don't know the impact yet that this is going to have on the real estate market, but I think it might be, it might make it a little bit challenging for people, um, in the sense that values are predicted to drop a little bit. Okay. And so what does that mean for that person? Well, if they only put a little bit of money down, they don't have a lot of equity, then their equity could be eaten up because the values dip and maybe they have a $200,000 mortgage and now the house is worth 200,000. You know, that would be best of the worst case scenario. If you think about it, worst, worst case scenario, they bought it in 2019 for 200,000, or excuse me, they got a mortgage for 200,000 because they only put a little bit of money down. And let's say summer of 2020 hits and the value of that house is now 170,000. Well, now they owe $30,000 more than what it's actually worth. Okay. So the point of, you know, these couple of examples is that if you are banking on appreciation, that you run a lot of risks because of the volatility of the economy and the, the different facets of our economy that are synergistic in nature. And so where, you know, one sector of the economy tanks, it could affect housing, you know, one way or another. So if, if, if you are trying to avoid over leveraging, then I really believe that you, you cannot count on appreciation 100%, right? Um, will, do I think houses generally appreciate? Yeah. They, I mean, they do, they're supposed to, but then you get something like coronavirus, which, um, causes a lot of unknowns, you know, then there's a possibility that in a year you don't appreciate at all, but you remain the same or it goes lower. That's just one of the risks, right? But if you factor those, you know, potential variables, And you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to put down $10,000 or excuse me, 10% um, of a down payment instead of three and a half percent, just, you know, to protect myself. That may be wise, you know? Um, Let's talk about the second way um, to avoid over leveraging is uh, having too high of a payment. And particularly that goes with putting a little money down. Um, I will read just a little excerpt from this article. It seems like a great investment to control property with a very low down payment. You're looking at the numbers and seeing a really high return on investment due to your low cash outlay. The problem is the higher payments that come with higher leverage. If this is a mortgage, for instance, you can count on having to make monthly payments and the more you borrow, the higher the monthly payment. Should the market soften and your properties experience higher than expected vacancies or credit losses, you could find yourself unable to maintain those higher mortgage payments that seemed fine at the beginning. If you're unable to make your, the monthly payments, then your investment is in jeopardy. So, um, that kind of goes along with, you know, the more money you put down, the, um, lower your payment and you are a little bit more protected from over leveraging. Okay. Um, let's talk about bad financing, uh, making sure that you 
do your own due diligence, making sure that you explore all financing options is very, very, very important. Okay. So, uh, when I say financing options, meaning the type of loan product, um, but then also making sure that you are doing your due diligence. And this is where you work with somebody like me, a real estate broker to pull current market data to make sure that the, what you're paying for the property is truly the current data. Okay. So, um, let me just read this. Many an investor has overpaid for a property because they found Nirvana in a high leverage financing setup. Said differently, just because you can get a property with very little cash doesn't mean that it's always a good buy. Look at the value of the property in the context of current and expected market trends. Find comparables or other properties like it. What have they sold for? This is where I come into play, guys, is taking a look at what the comparable properties have sold for and then also knowing the trend in a particular neighborhood. I'm probably going to do another um, episode about this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to um, uh, make a little note here. But one of the things that you have to look at is what's going on in a particular area. And the episode that I'll do will talk about the indicators that you can look at today to understand and know what growth or changes are anticipated in a a particular area. Okay. If, if a property is overpriced, appreciation is going to be very minimal or it may not appreciate at all. If the market, um, retraces itself for a while, you're in trouble. That's kind of what we see, uh, uh, what's potentially happening right now. So your overpriced property may be a huge drag and, you know, if you are over leveraged and you need to sell very quickly, you may have a hard time selling, which puts you in a very tough financial bind. Okay. And I'm not trying to skate around the, the issue, but basically risk possible foreclosure, you know, if you're that far upside down a little bit, what I talked about the, uh, about the owner finance options. If you think about it, potentially those people Um, that I mentioned individuals that maybe took that forbearance option, right? They may have good loans in place, but because of a changing economy, they may have to unload it quickly and they may or may not be able to unload it for, um, a price that's going to put money in their pocket. So they may sell it to you with the financing in place and just to get current so that they don't have to go through foreclosure. Okay. That was very wordy guys. (laughs) Uh, but long story short is make sure you're doing your due diligence, not only from the loan product that you're considering, whether it be owner financing or some sort of traditional loan mortgage, um, but also making sure you're getting the market data and you have a seasoned professional that's going to be able to guide you and show you what's been happening and what's projected to happen. Okay. Last thing. Um, some people forget that cash is king. Okay. So, um, if just one of these don't, you know, these don't do things that I'm highlighting sticks out in your mind, it should be this one. Okay. Um, sometime people will make, uh, mistakes when analyzing a property and they'll, um, maybe over anticipate income, right? Um, maybe they'll, they don't have current market data 
or um, accurate data that truly fits their particular property and they say, hey, it can rent for $1,800 and then you buy it and it really can only rent for $1,400, that's going to be a problem. So making sure that you not only factor in what you're going to pay in terms of a monthly mortgage, but making sure that you're conservative in terms of your property management expense, in terms of allocating um, a reserve monthly for any vacant potential vacancy or maintenance in the future. All of those things help you, um, number one, make a sound investment on this property, but also um, helps minimize the risk of you suffering loss in a changing economy. Okay. So these are just kind of the four things, um, that I think you should consider when you're considering financing and avoiding over leveraging. Um, I'll link a couple of articles in the show notes that provide a lot of good information for you guys. Um, and I'm here to be a resource. So make sure you visit CourtneyMKing.com slash podcast. Um, if you have any particular questions about this episode or, you know, just investing in real estate, um, getting started, what have you, I'm here to be a resource. So CourtneyMKing.com slash podcast. You can reach out to me directly there. And, um, if you don't mind, you know, make sure you visit, right? Uh, visit, um, the website, take a look at, um, some of the information and blog posts that I've put on there. But most importantly, if you haven't ordered the book, guys, the first step in moving forward in terms of financial freedom, freedom from student loan debt is buying the book and just reading it like the, uh, Casey and her review. It's a very quick read. These podcasts are also very quick, um, to spark thought. Uh, to spark questions and to spark a curiosity and a desire to dive a little bit deeper into your own research. And of course, I'm here right alongside with you. So um, you may be asking, well, Courtney, you know, what did you do to make sure you're not over leveraged? Um, I usually put 20% down um, or there have been properties that I have put less than 20% down, but in those cases, um, they were lower in properties that uh, just didn't, I guess, have as a significant risk in a changing economy. So uh, we could talk more about that later, but I, I thought it would be very, very, very good to talk about over leveraging and those pitfalls, especially because last couple of episodes we talked about leveraging. So hope this is helpful. I look forward to speaking with you guys next week and I hope you guys are all staying healthy and safe. Um, keep your eyes on the prize, guys. Um, it is hard right now for a lot of people, not only monetarily, but with being at home more um, and maybe you have kids, maybe the kids are at home driving you crazy, um, but just make sure that you keep looking at, you know, looking towards the Lord, to be honest with you, for guidance in this time and educating yourself and, you know, putting your faith with your works. So those are my two cents of encouragement. Have an amazing rest of the week and I will talk to you later. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit CourtneyMKing.com slash community. And oh, by the way, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And so would your peeps who are looking to get out of student loan debt. Until next time.